Today's episode is brought to you by Anchor Podcasts. They're our new partner here at the Mac Report, and their mission is to democratize audio. Anchor believed everyone should be able to have their voice heard, regardless of background or experience level. And if you've ever tried a podcast before, you know all the logistical barriers that can stand in your way. At Anchor, they aim to remove every single one of those barriers. Their goal is to make podcasting easy and fun without sacrificing the quality that every podcaster deserves. It's so easy with Anchor Podcasts, you can even create a podcast from your phone. To learn more, visit anchor.fm today. Hey everybody, welcome into the latest edition of the TMR Podcast. I am Mike McMahon. It's been a while since we've done one of these. I'm going to start trying to do them again every single week. What I'm going to do is, is every Wednesday, Merrimack men's hockey coach Scott Bork has been doing media availability on Wednesday nights, excuse me, Wednesday afternoons. Uh, What I'm going to try to do is every Wednesday night record an episode uh, and bring you at least that media availability. It'll kind of be in place of of what had been a regular uh, podcast for us over the course of the hockey season. Of course, a little more difficult to do those uh, with COVID. I'm not over at the rink uh, in the middle of the week as I had been previously. So uh, at the very least, I want to bring at least his his media availabilities on Wednesdays uh, in podcast form because it's a it's a good update on the team. We talk about a, a number of different topics, both myself and uh, Mike Macknick was on today's media call. So was John Leahy, the two radio broadcasters from Merrimack. Uh, Ian Boshane was also on today's call. And uh, generally, there will be media from uh, the upcoming weekend's opponent as well on the call. So a, a wide variety of questions. Uh, today's topics included Max Newton, who's going to be able to play this weekend, as well as uh, questions on recruiting and, and a number of other stuff. So I'm going to start bringing these on a week-to-week basis uh, just to kind of keep everybody informed on what's going on with the team. And uh, for now, these will be in, in place of what our regular one-on-one podcasts were doing uh, over the course of last season and even into the summer. But before we get to that, a uh, couple of news items i did want to hit on uh chase greasock and logan drevich both did not practice today uh scott Bork said that he, there was hope that they might get greasock back for this weekend uh logan drevich it looks like is going to be out for a while uh, max newton uh, the transfer from alaska anchorage is probably going to slide into drevich's slot that's what it sounded like you'll hear Bork talk about it uh, in in the interview but it sounds like max newton who was the second I think number two or number three overall in, in faceoff percentage in the NCAA last year. Uh, it does sound like he's going to probably slide into that Dravich spot uh, on a line with Alex Jeffries and Ben Brar. And it's, you know, it's tough because if you look back on Saturday uh, after, excuse me, on Sunday after the Boston College game, I wrote in my five takes, which is up for VIP members, that I thought, I said, in fact, it was the headline. I said, Merrimack has found itself a first line. You know, it's been a while since this team has had a first line. Well, I think Merrimack has found itself a, a top line uh, with with Logan Drevich, Ben Brar, and uh, and Alex Jeffries. Now, Drevich is going to be out. I think Holloway can slide into that spot, and it can still be a top line. Uh, Max Newton was almost a point-per-game player last year, so uh, you could expect that, you know, he might be able to slide in and still be uh, close to that, you know, 25 to 30 points if we're, we're in a 34-game season type of player who's going to win a lot of face-offs, uh, bring some speed and some uh, some quickness, I think, to that line as well. So I think Newton is going to be able to slide into that line and, and play almost – I don't think they're going to miss a beat. Let me put it that way. I don't think that line will miss a beat with Newton there. Now, the only thing is, is Newton hasn't played in a while. So uh, the question going into this weekend will be how quickly can he get back up to game speed because that 
that's going to be a concern and it should be a concern. I mean, he, he hasn't played uh, in a college hockey game in almost a year. We were going back to last March, which would have been the last time that he played uh, for Alaska at the end of last season. So how quickly does he get those game legs back? You know, he hasn't even been practicing with the team for very long. I think it was just this week. So uh, how quickly can he kind of work himself into game shape and get and not even game shape. That's probably not the right word because all these guys are in shape. Uh, but how quickly can he get acclimated again to the speed of the game? Because I think that's the thing that's going to take some getting used to, especially when you miss uh, a prolonged period of time. It's getting used to that pace again. Uh, you know, it's not really the the being in shape. They're all in shape. I mean, we're talking about 20, 22, 23-year-old uh, student athletes who are working and training seven days a week. Uh, it's about, I think, how quickly can they acclimate to the pace again? Because that's kind of the thing that seems, from talking to guys, uh, that's the thing that takes the most getting used to uh, other news around the site if you haven't checked it out or if you haven't been able to keep up with what's going on over at the macreport.com uh, we have a story up on darren yopic former merrimack assistant coach who's now uh, taking a job with the seattle kraken the new expansion franchise in the national hockey league he had been a scout and i think director of scouting or director of amateur scouting for the minnesota wild uh, he'd been with the wild for the last nine years he spent the last two years as their co-director of amateur scouting uh, now yopic is going to be joining the seattle kraken uh, so we have a story on that up on the site. And we have our latest alumni and recruit reports uh, also up on the site, including a story on Colin Delia, who made Chicago's roster out of training camp and is splitting time with Malcolm Subban as the primary starting goaltender there uh, for the Blackhawks this season. I have a VIP story up on what I think uh, the NCAA tournament could look like in a, in a rough bracket projection because, man, these things are hard right now. Uh, but you can check that out as well if you're a VIP member or if you're uh, subscribed to College Hockey Insider on Substack. So I want to make one thing very clear because uh, I've had a couple of people reach out about this. If you are a Mac Report VIP member, you're getting, going to be getting the same content that is going up on collegehockeyinsider.com. Uh, basically, uh, the, the the long and short of it is, is if you're a VIP member, you know not only do we cover Merrimack in that portion of our site, but we also cover a lot of of national college hockey news uh, and it's where I kind of put all of my, my notes and, and kind of national coverage as well as just Merrimack coverage. And I, and I wanted to be able to expand that, but it's a little difficult to do, uh, under the Mac reports banner. I think a lot of people, a lot of potential readers and subscribers thought we only covered Merrimack in that section of our site. So I started a, a, a sub stack, which is a, a subscribable newsletter, uh, through a website that I had set up called collegehockeyinsiders.com. Uh, college, ho college hockey insider, not insiders, college hockey insider.com. Uh, but every bit of content that gets uploaded to college hockey insider is going to get uploaded to Mac report VIP. So if you are a Mac report VIP member, you're going to get the same content that's going up on college hockey insider.com uh, as well as some extra content that's going to be up uh, just for Mac report subscribers, which is going to be the Merrimack related coverage. Um, I just wanted to point that out because I had a couple of people that had said, Hey, you know, should I, should I subscribe to this as well? If you're a Mac Report VIP member, you do not have to subscribe to College Hockey Insider. You're going to be getting the same content. Uh, all of those College Hockey Insider posts will also be going up on Mac Report VIP. I again, it was just a way to kind of rebrand the national coverage in a way that will attract more national subscribers uh, and not have people think it was just a Merrimack-related thing. Because as you know, if you've been a VIP member, we cover a lot there. Uh, I put up a lot of news and notes in the offseason on on coach openings and uh, ju just a lot. You know, a lot of insider news that I come across uh, in covering college hockey will go up for VIP members, and it's not always Merrimack-related content. A lot of it is, is hockey's related content, 
uh, and national related content. So I wanted to to have a, a, a space where I could brand that to a more national audience to try to get more people to subscribe. So long and short of it is, if you are a Macroport VIP member, I thank you for that, of course, for your support. Uh, and also you will be getting anything that goes up at collegehockeyinsider.com in that substack. So you do not have to, to resubscribe. If you are a Macroport VIP member and you would like to sign up for the Substack, because the Substack subscribers get the posts emailed directly to their inbox. If you want that access to College Hockey Insider, please email me and, and I will set that up for you. Uh, the email address to do so is macreportvip at gmail.com. Again, it's macreportvip at gmail.com. If you are a Macroport VIP member and you also want to have your email on the Substack list, which would mean all of those posts will get emailed directly to your inbox, then please email me macreportvip at gmail.com and I can set that up for you. Uh, obviously, it's covered under your Macroport VIP membership. So uh, with all of that out of the way, we're going to get to Scott Borg's media availability from here on Wednesday, January 20th. 2021 in just a second we're going to take a quick break when we come back you will hear coach coach bork's entire media availability it's a little over 20 minutes uh from today uh previewing unh talking about bc and talking about a couple of other college hockey topics as well if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain first it's free there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. That way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one simple place. We use Anchor here for the TMR podcast, and it could not be easier. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Sage, what about this stick? I like the orange in it. No, Mom, what is this? This stick is so dusty, there's no more Geno's left in it. I can take it from here, Mom. What kind of tweet are we looking for here, bud? Just a stick so I could toss sauce, Chef Boyardee style. Something more apples versus buckets. Yeah, as long as I could still snipe Bar South and Sally. All right, I got the perfect tweet for you. It's going to be this stick here, mid-flex point stick, completely accurate for buy down every time. This is awesome. I love it. TSR Hockey. We speak your language. I'll start with the same one I start every week. Uh, <laughs> health status wise, how you guys look at, and I guess at the at the same time, uh, he, he's not health related, but but what's Newton's kind of availability going into the weekend too? Uh, well, unfortunately, we don't have um, Grisak and um, Drevich. Uh, Drevich will be a while. Grisha, we're hoping that we can work through the weekend and maybe even get him back uh, for a game. But uh, right now, neither one of them is – Logan won't play for a while. Uh, and Max will be available to us this weekend. So good news on Max. Obviously, really bad news on Drevy and uh, Greaser. Uh, Mike Macknick. Yeah, just to follow up on that, Scott, um, do, I'm, does he slide in then? Does Max slide into uh, Logan's spot, or what do you do with the lines there? Uh, you know what? If it was just Logan, uh, then that would be an easy um, move to make. But uh, with Greaser also out, uh, it obviously affects two different lines. So we've been working with different things. I mean, today we did have Max in, in Logan's spot because he's going to be there for a while. So that might be a good alternative. 
Um, you know, I've been really happy with the way Walsh's line and uh, Kramer's line have played really well together and have created some real chemistry. So I'm really hesitant to break those guys up to fix something else. So, um, you know, Max will go in one of those, uh, either Greasock or Drevich's spot for the weekend, and then we'll figure out who the other guy will will be as well. Uh, Ian? Uh, Coach, yesterday, the obviously, the league came out and announced that they're going to be scheduling games on a week-to-week basis. Just wondering your thoughts on that whole thing. It's kind of what you guys have been already going through for the most part in the last couple of weeks, so it's going to make it a little bit easier for you guys knowing, okay, we'll get an announcement on Tuesday, and that's how prep works. But on the opposite side, how difficult does it make it? Because you don't know until Tuesday of a, uh, going into a game who you're playing that week. You know, to be honest, I think Tuesday is a, is a great – I thought it was a great decision by the league. Um, you know, hopefully it saves the league itself. You know, a lot of headaches and, and leg work that's have to happen at the last minute to switch things. But I think it really gives the schools a good feel of, okay, this is our routine. And we haven't really had a routine or a cadence to our schedule yet. So this will give us one. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I also think if you let teams know by Tuesday um, – you know, that's plenty of time to get ready in whatever teams do uh, to prepare for their opponent. I think getting it Tuesday gives them plenty of time. You know, I think the interesting thing is I'm sure we're going to still have it happen um, where the schedule gets announced on Tuesday and then on a Friday things change or even on a Saturday morning. So, I mean, I, I think we're still in. I like the decision by the league, but I think we're still in for some of those last minute changes and some last minute things happening that are going to create a little bit of havoc. Um, but I've been really happy and impressed with the way the league has, you know, has managed that, you know, we've been able to have, we've had eight games canceled on us. Um, and I think three times we got a different opponent. So we actually played on the weekend. We were supposed to play anyways, just played someone different. Uh, so that's been really positive. So I, I just uh, appreciate what the league's doing to give everybody an opportunity. And obviously the schools are doing a lot of work as well. McMahon. Uh, go, going back to Max, what, what are kind of some of his strengths and, and where do you think he'll compliment, you know, like, let's say, for example, you plug him into to Drevich's spot, that line was kind of coming together. Uh, what, what does he have strength wise that may compliment, uh, uh, Brar and Jeffries? He's a, he's got a, a very quick first couple of steps. Um, so he'll add a lot, a little bit of pace to that line. Um, cause his first couple of steps are quick. Uh, he was second in the country last year in face-offs at the face-off dot. So he's uh, someone who will add to us there. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think where he may be more of a shooter than Drevy was, you know, Drevy actually, you know, really looked for other guys and really made plays and created a lot of two-on-ones where I think Max is much more of a, a north-south kind of attack guy. Uh, so it'll be a different look for the line, but I still think that, you know, him being as good at the dot as he is, uh, him playing with the pace that he plays at, uh, I think that, you know, they'll, they'll, they won't have the same chemistry, but I think they'll still have good chemistry if, if that ends up being the case. And, you know, frankly, that's what we're leaning towards right now. Um, you know, he's a senior. He's a guy who's played a lot of college hockey to this point. Uh, it doesn't force us to break up the other line. So, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm leaning towards getting him in that place. And you know, he hasn't played a hockey game in a long time. So that's the only thing that concerns us. Mack Looking back on last weekend, so uh, now that it's a few days in the in the rearview mirror, I guess I, you know, two pretty good games, maybe your two best games of the year against the best team you might play all year. I'm just wondering, with a, with a few days now behind us, and maybe you've had a chance to look at the tape and so on, 
um, you know, what did you take away from the weekend? And, and uh, you know, is, is it, do you ultimately feel like, hey, we took some, uh, some steps in the right direction here? Uh, I definitely do. You know, I think that uh, number one, it was the first weekend I really thought we were playing to an identity. Um, and that was exciting because that's, uh, that's the first time that that's happened uh, in a lot, you know, since I've been here really. Um, I think that we showed ourselves that when we play up and in people's faces and we take away space, we can be very successful. Um, and that's really been the two weekends, you know, the BC and the Northeastern weekend. Um, the same things happen both games, in all four games. And when we took away space and we played up ice and we were aggressive in closing our gaps uh, and we had good you know, reloads from our forwards, you know, all four of those games were very winnable. Um, unfortunately, in all four games, we had a space in the, in the game where we got on our heels, we gave up space, and we made them look very, very good. So we need a you know, more complete, more 60-minute effort on that. Um, but we're moving in a very positive direction. And I think developing that is going to be really good for this team as well as our teams going forward. Ian? Kind of following up a little bit on – on. Uh... Mackinac's last question there. Where, where do you guys feel you're at as far as the goaltending position? Obviously, you had a lot of youth coming into that position last year, and we had talked before, and it's been brought up a couple of times that you were looking for somebody to kind of take, you know, that, that starting position and kind of run with it. Have you seen enough growth out of anybody there that, you, you know, maybe one of these days you, you look at it and say, okay, this could be our guy in the, for the long run? You know, I think it's a, it's a great question, and we're going to be a much better team when that happens. Uh, I don't think it's happened yet. I think the whole goaltending, and for lack of a better term, like the whole goaltending room has raised its play over where we were a year ago. Uh, so I feel very good about the improvement in the position. Um, and we just need someone to take the, take the ball and run with it. I think that uh, everybody's gotten a chance now, um, and now it's really kind of see who can do that. And I thought that you know, this past weekend, I thought that uh, Zach did a nice job. You know, he got beat twice in the third period against BC on real BBs. You know, they were really great shots. You know, I think he'd like to have at least one of those two back, uh, if not both of them. Um, but at the same time, he made some really big saves and really when saves and big saves on the weekend that uh, when the games could have gone in a different direction, he made some big saves that allowed us to work our way back into the games. Um, so I, I really was impressed with his weekend. I thought he did a nice job, uh, but he certainly left the door open because, you know, he didn't get the job done at the end of it. And he knows that. Uh, now us as a group, we just got to keep going forward. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not really an answer to your question, but I am happy with the way the room is playing. Um, and I need uh, waiting for someone to just take the job and run with it. McMahon? Uh, the last two weekends in particular, I would say the, the Northeastern, the second Northeastern weekend, and then this past weekend against BC, it seems like the penalty kill has been terrific. I mean, and I know the goaltending goes a lot in part of that too, but what, what has kind of been the biggest, the biggest change in your view in the penalty kill, especially the last two weeks since you guys have come back and break? Cause those are two pretty good teams that you've been able to kind of shut down in the power play. I think that, uh, you know, the biggest thing is we've really gotten consistent on who played with who. We've developed some, you know, some real chemistry in those groups. You know, for instance, uh, Kramer uh, and Mesner uh, have gone over the wall, for, if not first, second on every power play since we've been back from Christmas. Really, both of them smart players, really good defensive sticks. They have really good chemistry. 
Um, and I think that Walsh and Lovett have started to develop that same kind of chemistry. Um, and those four have been the, the biggest penalty killers for us. Um, but then we have guys who have played there before, you know, and Benny Breyer and Logan Drevich and uh, Mac Welsher have all played a lot of penalty kill for us. So I think we're deeper there than we have been in the past. We have a real commitment to what we're trying to do. And I think that the chemistry of the groups has been a big improvement for us as well. Mac, Nick? Uh, Two-part question. First one, uh, going back to the question about the, the change in the way that Hockey East is going to do the schedule. Do you Are you under the impression that they're going to try to give priority, I guess, to, to matching up teams that haven't maybe haven't met uh, each other yet? And the second question is, so you know now, you're, here it is, um, you know, Wednesday, or you knew yesterday you were going to play UNH first time in a while that you've known with a few days in advance who you're going to play. Um, how do you assess them this year? Uh, everybody changes from year to year. So, um, you know, how do you see UNH? Well, the, the first part of the question, as far as the league is concerned, I do believe they're going to try to get teams to play. I think the ultimate goal of the commissioner is that everybody plays everybody uh, at least uh, once or twice. Um, but you know, if that's able to happen or not, you, who knows, but uh, I think that will be the plan. That's why we're playing UNH this weekend versus some of the other teams that were available. Um, so I think that's a positive, uh, as far as UNH is concerned, I, I like their team a lot. I think that they have a very, um, you know, they're very good in goal with Michael Robinson. Um, he, he has uh, not probably played to his level the last few weeks, but he's really talented. Uh, and last year he was one of the best in the league and I'm sure he'll end this year in the same place. Um, and then I really like their group of forwards. Uh, they have three lines that can play offense and really attack. Their fourth line's big and kind of a uh, momentum-changing line. Um, and the, the defense moves pucks. You know, they, they do a really good job in moving pucks. They obviously don't have the Gildan-type explosiveness that they had the last three years, um, but they got a lot of guys who can move the puck really well. And, and uh, you know, I think it's uh, Erickson has really started to play very well, number 10 for them. Um, you know, they've gotten a lot of, a lot out of their back end, but their forward groups are as good as, um, you know, as good as most. I don't know if they're Northeastern or BC good or deep, but, uh, they're pretty darn close. So we don't want to get in a track meet with them. Uh, to me, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of what UNH has been in the past. They're kind of trying to become now, which is a, a highly skilled forward group. Uh, they can get up and down the rank and it shares the puck plays two on one hockey and then a defensive group that defends really hard that moves the puck to the forwards. Um, that was kind of the, the recipe when I was there. Um, and I, I think Mike uh, has got his team playing to that right now. McMahon. Uh, this is kind of a little bit of a bigger picture question, but you guys, as a program, Merrimack hasn't had, you know, a ton of guys make it to the National Hockey League. But you got a guy like Colin Delia, who's one of the starters for Chicago this year. And, you know, Brett Sini's kind of right on that verge of probably being up and down with Jersey. Is that something you, you talk about, like when, when it comes to recruiting and stuff like that? Does that help sell the program when you can point to some of those guys? And I guess how much, how closely do you kind of pay attention to, especially the more recent alums that are in there now and, and maybe trying to sell some of that message? Well, you know, it's funny because I, th I think it is important to sell that message. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough to meet Colin and Brett when I first got here. Uh, Colin's been back each year for the summer. Uh, his mom was very close to here. Uh, and number one, they're unbelievable representatives of Merrimack College, both of them, uh, just as, as human beings. I've been so impressed with them, uh, the way they've kind of embraced our staff and, you know, they care about the program, you know, and, and that's uh, and the school. And that's really impressive. So we certainly want to celebrate their success and, and let guys know. And I think that's a 
you know, I certainly talked about Brett Seedy with Alex Jeffries last year, you know, and this was a, this was an opportunity and, you know, Brett went through it and got there and why not you? And so I think uh, I'm hopeful that we'll have more guys who, who will be on the roster right now that will be there. Um, but certainly that's an important thing to celebrate. You can get there any, by any route, by any school. It's all about the opportunity you get when you're at that school and, and the role you play. And I think that that's a, those two players you mentioned are great examples of, you know, how different teams can get people to the highest level. And we'd like to be one of those teams as well. So um, I'm impressed with the, what, what those guys have done, but it's really important to mention what a great job, like obviously the coaching staff, uh, Coach Danny, he and Gilligan and, and Carr did to get those guys here um, and then to help them develop their game. So we're excited for their success. We're appreciative of the, the people who got them there and we hope we can do the same thing. Question from Ian. Coach, kind of just brought it up a couple of moments ago when you were talking about some of the ways that your schedule is shaking out, but with you guys taking on New Hampshire this weekend, do you kind of feel or look at this in any way as like a measuring stick kind of weekend for your guys, having played all your games so far against what a lot of people came into the season considering top tier of, of hockey East as far as talent goes? I don't know if I would call it a measuring stick. You know, I thought BC was a measuring stick for us. You know, those three teams, and I know they're all very good teams and they're all kind of probably top 10 teams and maybe top four in our league. Um, but that being said, that's that's a place we're trying to get to ourselves. So um, I find those to be measuring sticks. And uh, every, every team in this league, and I said this to our team, you know, we were preparing for Vermont and I watched Vermont main game. And I was like, you know what, Vermont's got a good team. And they're playing really well. And their goalie, uh, who hadn't played yet so this year, has played really well. And then Maine, the same thing. I watched them play Providence last week and, you know, on, on one of the games and the one they lost. And I was like, holy cow, like this is just going to be a dogfight. So uh, I don't think it, you know, yes, we have played three of the Blue Bloods probably in our program, but uh, in the in our league. But um, I'll tell you, watching the league itself, there's not a there's not a weak team in the league. And, and so UNH is another really good team we're going to play, and um, we got to be ready to play them. And we're going to play them in some challenging circumstances, meaning the first game being at UNH. Uh, I know how that used to play with teams when we had teams come in on, on the big ice um, and try to you know cover that, and you worry about things that you don't normally worry about. I and mean, we couldn't have two different nights, you know, the, the first game there and the second game here. So um, it, it, that's a that's a challenge. But um, you know, you're both playing on the rank, so it shouldn't be too big of a challenge. Uh, we're just looking forward to a great opponent and a great weekend of hockey. Mike Macknick? Just thinking it's midweek here. It's a good time maybe for, I know Mike asked some big picture questions and so on, but, uh, and Ian as well, but um, recruiting, what's that like at, you know, it, during this whole situation, what have you been able to do and, and, and staying in touch with guys that you have coming in next year or beyond? How, how's that been going? Well, the interesting piece is the guys who are supposed to come in next year, uh, we have two defensemen from Sweden and their leagues got shut down, you know, so uh, they've uh, been very aggressive on trying to play someplace, but there's no amateur hockey in Sweden right now. So um, that's been a challenge. We also have guys, we have three guys who um, are forwards who are committed to us um, and they none of them are playing right now. So it's been really difficult, I think, on the players, and it's, it's hard for them to realize that, you know, you're not getting the right preparation for your first year in college, but no one else around you is either. So don't, don't sweat it. Just continue to stay in great shape, continue to work hard, continue to work in individual things that you can do to develop. Um, that's important. As far as getting new players to, to your uh, committed list and to your roster, 
very unique. I have never watched so much film in my life on recruiting. I've never really believed in video recruiting. Um, always wanted to be there personally. Um, this year, it's been much different because you can't be. So the video recruiting has been uh, your primary source of watching players, which um, which has been challenging, but I think we've been successful through it. I give Josh uh, Siako and Dan Jula heck of a lot of credit because they're putting good guys in front of us. Um, and we're really getting an opportunity to study those guys, multiple games. You know, when you're doing the video, you can watch them play four or five, watch them from a year before. Uh, you can really watch his full development. So I've been pleased with the way we've been able to continue recruiting, even though we're not doing it under comfortable circumstances. Um, and I hope we can just continue that, you know, for now, because I, you know, I know the April 15th deadline, I, I would not be shocked uh, as I think no one would be to see that go right through the whole summer um, just to keep people safe. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, but uh, you know, I'm, I, I've been pleased with the way it's gone for us thus far. And I really want to credit Josh and Dan for that. Another question for Mike. Yeah. Just to follow up on that. Cause that's kind of interesting. I'm thinking, I'm wondering what's the dynamic like, you know, the three of you, nobody can go on the road, but you, you obviously have all of this additional video to watch. You guys kind of split it up that way. And you know, you know, or do you do by position? How, how do you decide who does what? Well, really it's been uh, both Josh and Dan are doing a lot of the video and then kind of presenting players to me that they want me to watch. So they'll go into a weekend uh, when we weren't playing, they would go into the weekend and they split up games that were, uh, that might have potential players, but not positionally, just split up games so they weren't watching the same game. Um, and then we would go through that. And then we'd get to the point where uh, one of them or both of them would come up with a player that they thought we should be aggressive with. And then the three of us would watch that video together. And uh, number one, to get to know the player. Uh, and number two, to make that decision if we were going to move forward. It's unique because, you know, from their standpoint, I've never been on a staff where the assistants have been around every single day. <laughs> You know, that's just not how it usually operates. Uh, so this has been really unique for them. It's been great. I think it's going to be great moving forward when we get back to normalcy. Uh, their connection to the team, to our players will be at an all-time high. So uh, I think coming out of this will be a really, this, this year and the way we've had to operate could be a real positive uh, for the assistant coaches of, you know, across the country, and especially in our program, uh, but also for the players as well. All right. Actually, Scott, I have one question for you. Uh, Dominic Docker is on pace for his 100th game coming up Saturday. Uh, he's one of those guys that has been here the whole time you've been here. How, how have you kind of seen him grow into his game? And do you think that might be a professional future for him? No, I, gosh, I hope so. I, I, yeah. I think that, uh, and I'll say this about Doc, but there's other older players on our team in the same situation. Patrick Kramer is a great example as well. Like, Dom has played his best hockey he's ever played here. Like I, I think he's his defensive play, um, his breaking the puck, his willingness to carry the puck uh, has been really good this year, right from the right from the beginning. And uh, I know Dom wants bigger role offensively. You know he wants to be on the power play. When I got here, he played in the power play with John Kovacevic. Every time we had a power play, he was on the ice. Uh, last year he got less of that. This year he's gotten very little to none of that. Um, the fact that as a senior. He's able to take that kind of um, lack of a better word, you know, the, the, the ice time being taken away from him. Uh, but we've added to it because he wasn't killing penalties. He does. He goes over first every time now. Um, and he's playing a ton. He's playing as many mits, minutes, if not more minutes than everybody else, because we're playing him in every other situation. And uh, his, his ability to focus on what the ice we're giving him and not worry about the ice we're not giving him has been elite. Uh, that's been the biggest development in his game. It's allowed him to play free uh, and he's playing great hockey for us. And, and I would say Patrick came in the same exact way. You know, he, 
been a lot of special teams for him since I've been here. A lot of power play, a lot of top line minutes. Um, this year's role has changed as our team has improved and he's maximizing that role. Um, I'm really pleased with both those players and I think they're giving themselves a chance to play after college and I'm hoping we can help them get there. The world's greatest hamburgers are at Fuddruckers, and we're out to make the world happy one great burger at a time. Try one of our 10 specialty burgers like the Fud 66 with Hatch Green Chili, voted number one at the New Mexico State Fair. You'll find the world's greatest hamburgers at Fuddruckers. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike McMahon CHN, and you can follow the site at The Mac Reports. If you're a Facebook user, you can also find us on Facebook. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, bye.